Yes, guys, welcome. Oh, there's definitely an echo going on in here. I have to be a little bit quieter. <laughs> Try it again. Can you yes, it? yes, guys, welcome to the ASMR Judo Podcast. <laughs> That's the thing, you're so naturally enthusiastic. <laughs> you're going to carry your going to carry. Yes, guys, welcome back to the original Judo Podcast. We are coming to you from a lecture theatre on the University of Wolverhampton campus, so it's a bit echoey, so I am trying to dampen down my excitement. I am joined today by British Judo's performance anal analyst and technical lead, Chris Barry. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Glad to be here. Uh, some of you guys might recognise Chris Dulcet Tones from um, a mediocre podcast that was <laughs> started a couple of years ago during COVID when he clearly had nothing else to do. Pretty much, that's what, exactly what it was. What happened to the podcast? Um, basically, we all started having to go to judo competitions again. So we didn't have the time to sit and record it and get people in, so it kind of fell away. We well, passed it on to the comms team, but then they just let it slide a bit, so... All of our hard work getting it up and running, and Danny and I just watched it fade away. Well, nothing like that is stopping me, because I have nothing to do in my life. <laughs> That's very clear. <laughs> we are talking today about the under 78 kilos, and in particular, we are looking at another rivalry, another selection nightmare coming up. We're looking at the German situation under 17, under 78s. Um... There's potentially three athletes who we're talking about, but realistically, I think it already boils down to two. Uh, we're looking at Boom and Wagner. Now, I'm going to throw it straight to you, Chris. <laughs> what do we think? We've got a world champion. We've got a European champion. Double European champion. Double European champion. Who are the Germans going to be looking at? You've got to think they're leaving it to the, the, the latest possible moment to select. They may even come down to the World Championships right before the Games. So um, it's a tough one to call at this stage. There's only, on the Olympic ranking list, there's only less than two, less, just over 100 points between them, 111 points between them. So all to play for, really. That doesn't take much to change. If there's one thing that somebody's got an advantage with, Wagner's got a gap left in her set of results. So Boom has filled hers up. But Wagner's got a gap, so she could make, have a bit of an advantage there. And I think maybe Boom missed an opportunity in Australia where she, if she'd won it, she'd have had an extra couple of hundred points there. But she missed out on that and ended up with bronze. So it's, it's kind of opened the door a little bit more for Wagner to, to maybe peg her back again a bit. Between the two of them, are we, are we looking at potential Olympic medalists, potential Olympic champions? They've, they've both shown they can do it at a championship um, Wagner came up a little bit short by the time we got to uh, Tokyo Games but again are we looking at um, possible Olympic champions in either of them? You can never say never the Olympic Games does funny things to people and the guys that are favourites on the day don't always carry through and win it um, I think having that battle between you and a teammate to get there also helps sharpen you a little bit for the Games some people it maybe wears them out, but other people it sharpens them and helps them deliver that bigger performance. So genuinely could be looking at a potential Olympic champion, but there's so many other names in there that are sitting in and around them that could, that could cause problems for them. So 
after Carl. Does leaving that selection decision to the last minute cause problems for the athletes? Obviously, we've seen the Japanese take the opposite route where mm. they have declared a significant amount of their team, at least half the team already. Mm. I think they've announced that they're going to name the rest of their team after Tokyo Grand Slam. Um, that gives the athletes preparing for the Olympic Games plenty of time yeah. you know, to prepare. In this situation, we've got two women right at the top of the tree. I think they're number four and number five on the three and four, three yeah. and four yeah, yeah. on the Olympic ranking. Um, you kind of alluded to it. Does it cause them problems with having less time to prepare for a major championships? It certainly can um, if you're out there chasing points. Um, I suppose the advantage is if you're that highly ranked that you're not having to go to every event because some of them won't give you enough points. So like you're, you're probably a bit more targeted than that. But knowing that there's somebody in your team competing for your spot, it's going to add some pressure. And I, I remember the, in the Rio cycle when there was the battle between Natalie Powell and, and Gemma Gibbons that it came right down to the Europeans in the final year of qualification where they actually fought for bronze and that was ultimately what decided who got selected was that Natalie won that fight and she ended up going to the games and, and finished seventh. Um, now f for, for Gemma it brought out a few big performances but ultimately Natalie was the, the one with everything to gain and Gemma was the reigning Olympic silver medalist with everything to lose so maybe the pressure didn't help but you probably have to ask Gemma about that. Um, Another thing we're looking at there is there's a World Championships right before an Olympic Games. Mm. Like, how difficult is you, you You work with some athletes at the top of the game, like certainly part of British Judo. How difficult is it to peak, especially if that Worlds is your selection event, how difficult is it to peak twice in, in such uh, quick succession? You, you ask a lot of people who work in these kind of professions and it's tough physically to peak at that. Um, I think the other side of it is though that not all of the top ones will fight that world championships so it's like it's one of them how peaked do you need to be for it um, it depends how close it is in the selection like ideally I don't think you'd want to be leaving it to a month before the games before you decide on your team um, you'd want to be able to prep in and have a proper block of training um, but you saw the Canadians did it in the last cycle mm -hmm. with Clem Kate and Deguchi they could end up in exactly the same boat again if they decide to follow the same policy. Um, ultimately, that time, Deguchi sort of cracked and in, the, in that World Championships. Clem K won it, she went to the Games, and who knows which way it'll go this time. But um, the Japanese also, even though they picked early this time, they left it relatively late for them last time in the 66s with Abe and, and Maruyama, mm -hmm. and they fought them off. Now. I personally think fighting off is probably the worst way to select a team because it's not them you have to beat, it's everybody else. I think in that example though, they're so, the pair of them were so clearly yeah. above, head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. You were looking at, you know, the Olympic champion. They, they mm. weren't considering any other medal between that pair. Yeah. Um, It'd be nice to have that problem, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, we know you're all going to qualify, and whichever one we send is probably winning it. But I think <laughs> some of the Japanese selections this time, have, I think, have been made a little too early. Mm. Like the 81 kilos, I know Nagasi's the Olympic champion. Um, 
you know, there were a couple of other athletes early in the running who have kind of disappeared from selections. Yeah. Um, but you've got uh, Kenya Kahara as well, who's put himself in the picture. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Nagasi's going to be the same athlete he That's is true. again. There's a few S- like that, isn't there? Like, um, and similarly, plus hundreds. Saito yeah. had a storming run when he first yeah. broke onto the senior scene. Yeah. It's been less convincing since. And yeah. Kagira is their only world champion. People, if they listen to the podcast, have heard me crack on about this. He's their only world champion at heavyweight in the last decade. Um, You're crazy to think because it's a category they've prided themselves on. Of course, you know, and yet he's missed out on two Olympic selections. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think they've jumped the gun on some of those selections again. Like, I understand it gives a lot of preparation, but uh, I'm not sure they've selected the right names, the right faces. Yeah, I guess it's difficult to be 100% on what is the right policy because with it being such an individual sport, like both in like mentally and physically, you've got to be able to deal with that situation. So whether it's you need the time to peak physically or whether actually competing a lot is the thing that sharpens you up. Like it's really difficult to to be sure of that and sometimes that competition might be detrimental or it might be a real spur on for people. So yeah, it's tough to call it what the best situation is to, to, to add, but like the Germans have, you, you might be able to speak to somebody in, in the know that knows what their policy is around that, but we'll see how they go. At the moment, all to play for, isn't it? To put you on the spot, to wrap up the podcast, yeah. who do you go with? I'm going to say Wagner. Oh. I'm going to say Wagner. She's, she's won the world championships. Now, winning the European championships is obviously a massive achievement. Winning it twice, even more so. The World Championships is a very, very different ball game. I think to be able to do that is, is, is a different level and, and doing it on the day with everybody there, that's, impo- that's an important thing to be able to have the confidence in delivering. As a category, like it is dominated largely by European names. You mm-hmm. know, you, you haven't got the Japanese there and they are always a threat. Exactly. Um, but as a category, the, the top of the world ranking list is made up predominantly of European names. So that European title, that double European title, is nothing to be absolutely uh, sneezed Absolutely, at. absolutely. I just, I think when it comes down to when you do throw the Japanese in there, and even the Koreans actually, who can be difficult, um, when you do throw the Japanese in there, you've got to be able to beat them. Now, that's what it comes down to. You can. It depends on your draw, obviously, if you avoid them for the rest of the tournament. But you catch them in your quarter, it affects it completely. So you're worrying about that quarter-final then. If you're worrying about that quarter-final, does it affect your earlier rounds and stuff like that? Because you think, oh, I've got Hamada or whoever. Mm. I, uh, I don't even know who they've selected as 78 for Japan. Have they decided that one? I'm not sure if that's one they've called. If mm. it's Hamada, Hamada Mameki or... Yeah, well, there was yeah, ha- ta- Takiyama's in the mix as well, yeah. who, who isn't actually young particularly. She's been around for a long time as well. Okay. Um, yeah, there's all those three in the mix as well. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if, if you've got to be able to beat them and feel confident you're going to beat them on the day. It was another category as well where we could have looked at, like, a lot of different nations. I think the Dutch have got a couple mm-hmm. in the, the, the world's... Like, in the qualification, obviously the Japanese have... The French have got their own problems, you know, mm. with Chimeo, Malonga, Posvite. Um, Always the case at 78s. 
Chimeo has been around for so long now. Can she last the pace? She's currently leading the race, isn't she? Um, and she's also got no full slots in year two except her sixth result. So I get but then Malonga's in the same boat with a bigger amount in the sixth result. So again, it's very uncertain that. But yeah, there's there's a gap of what five hundred points between them, and then Posfi she's done a bit more in year two. Didn't really complete as, compete as much in year one as the other two. So. She's got some work to do to unbeat them, but yeah, Chimeo for me is a. To be honest, all of the French at seventy eight are a bit difficult to be reliant on. Chimeo on her day, I think, is the best in the category. Yeah, like when Chimeo is switched on and but going. You, you can say the same about Malonga. You know, I think you can. Cosmete yeah. is a, not quite the same level as those two. No, but Malonga on her day again, she's a couple of world titles. Yeah, she's yeah. incredible. And yeah, I've seen them fight each other, and it's the worst judo fight I've ever seen. <laughs> it's mental. Like, I, I watched them fight at the Europeans, and uh, Chumeo was, I think, first exchange, she was a score up, and then proceeded to get shiroed out, but the whole fight was just awful. And these are two women that can be absolutely unstoppable on their days. Like, Chumeo, for me, is, I, I, I think she's got a little bit more to her than Malonga. Um, and can really bring that power and aggression, but equally she can turn up and can't be bothered. It's it's it's, it's an I, interesting. I can't one. see that being an issue for a Paris Olympics. You'd, you'd you know? hope that, that she's been able to turn it on. The number of times she's turned up and smashed Paris Grand Slam. Yeah, the 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 biggest stage in front of a home crowd. Yeah, you know, you've that's got the to kind of thing that for her personality yeah. will drive her. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I, I personally think she's the best of those those French girls. A big call. Well, you heard it here first, guys. This has been your ASMR version of the original Judah <laughs> podcast because we are trying to reduce the echo by whispering. Um, like, subscribe. If you've enjoyed it, get in touch. If you're German, let us know who you'd pick. <laughs> uh, other than that, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, James.